Welcome to the Suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And, and this, this is Suburban, Suburban Pod. Pod. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. And follow us on Instagram at Sub underscore Urban Pod. All right, enjoy. Okay, um, so, you got a big event coming up this week? Mm-hmm. How excited are you? I can't be excited yet because I'm still stressed. That is the only bad thing about, like, a big <laughs> event, because you're like, yo, what the shit? Like, your fingers are crossed until... I'm, I'm stressed about the preparation, the travel... I'm exhausted, so that don't help. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited to not have to work for a couple of days, to go into a better climate. I might get some of my color back because I'm out here pale as fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Um, like that's kind of how it was when I saw Kanye. Added on top that. That nigga is clearly suffering from a mental illness, so you don't know what the fuck the show is about to be. Yeah. But that shit went without a hitch, so that shit was dope. I'm really excited to see Jay-Z. That's my bucket list. I haven't seen Like, I really probably should have tried to go on this tour, because it could have knocked out two of my faves at once. Mm. But... Like, that, I'm, I feel like I'm not going to be able to contain myself once I get into the arena. <laughs> have an anxiety attack oh right God. like I don't know like do I need to drink do I need like what do I need to do <laughs> to keep myself together what is proper <laughs> um uh so besides this how is like the work shit going yeah I'm exhausted it's day five of um it was eight no but... days off <laughs> It was eight, but they actually recognized that they scheduled me on the day that I requested off. So it's seven, but I'm still weary. Like today, I felt that I was just at work, like, like ready to fucking go. Could have could have taken a nap at any point, and I didn't even do anything this weekend. So it's it wasn't even like I'm exhausted from a crazy weekend. I literally took my ass home every single night this weekend and just rested still tired (laughs) i did third shift on friday saturday and sunday meaning i got off this morning at eight o'clock thug life yeah a nigga is exhausted as fuck like third shift ain't bad because you can literally do whatever the fuck you want to do like yesterday like, I might tie back to this later, but, uh, like, I was bored because we were, we're not busy at all. So, I just got on YouTube, and I went down, like, a weird YouTube rabbit hole. Ooh, that's easy for me to do on YouTube. And so, some kind of way, I, um, like, 
I just started listening to Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. I uh-huh. watched a video. <laughs> and so uh, one of the things suggested, it was uh, this guy did a reaction video to Queen Bohemian Rhapsody. It was a black dude. He had never heard the whole song. Really? So it was dope as fuck. <laughs> I don't. I don't really believe he had never heard Bohemian Rhapsody because that's like, that's unheard of. He just probably didn't know what it was, right? But no, he if he was acting, he uh, he's he a good well. actor. So after that one, I saw this other guy where he did a full album reaction to Dark Side of the Moon. Damn, he like, had time. He, he was a younger black dude. He was probably about twenty one. And so, that's like my favorite album ever. And it's also my favorite album to introduce to other fellow black people who like (laughs) good music. Because that album is so trippy. Yes, it is. And you don't know what's happening next. Especially when you are super. super What is is the thing where they mash that up with... um... It syncs with uh, the the Wizard of Oz. What's the one that goes with Fantasia? There's one that goes with Fantasia. I don't know. I feel like I have heard that theory before, though. Because Fantasia is a trippy movie. Is it Beatles? What is it? I kind of want to do that. Because I've done that with my roommates. Just got super, super high and watched. Those those are good experiences (laughs) of having, like, interracial friend groups. Right, because like, that's the kind of shit that, that to get you exposed right. to that kind of stuff is having white friends. When they put you on dope-ass shit, and you're like, yo, that's what's up. Right. <laughs> yo, y'all tripping with this white nigga one day. He put me on some wild shit. <laughs> and then you go back and you tell your black friends about, yo, bro, you will not believe. You got to expose them. Hey, bro, we put you on game. Once you become cultured. Like, I remember one time, me like me and Natalie, that used to be our thing at like Chance's Garage. We used Natalie to easy. We used to always listen to Dark Side of the Moon when we got messed up. But uh, they used to always be our thing. Like when we get like super trash and everybody else would go to sleep, we'd be in the garage just like smoking cigarettes, <laughs> and we would listen to uh, Dark Side of the Moon. And even we were free, like we would get so excited because. Like it would always throw us off because we like zone out, and then like by the time like the bells came in, you like oh shit. So like one time we were out there, and then Darian was over there, like he was uh over there, and uh, <laughs> so like we were listening to it, and he was like yo this shit is trippy as fuck, and then by the time it got to the clocks going off, he was like all right this is too intense. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, yeah, man, experience this trip, bro. Because we would just put it on without telling people what it was. And, you know, it starts off so, like, yeah. like quiet. And then people wouldn't know. And then they'll start hearing, I've always been mad. I've been <laughs> mad for fucking years. And then by the time they're laughing and then it drops, like, oh, dude. But, yeah, I watched that entire hour of the dude tripping to it. And by the end, he was like, that shit was amazing. <laughs> Bro. I don't know what my reaction was the first time I heard Dark Side of the Moon. Because I was, I think I was just hella stoned. Just, I mean, I just, I remember it being a good ass trip, you know. 
Music always helps. Yeah. Um, that's hilarious though. You got put on to some shit. Hey man, diversity, which leads us to I guess what's gonna be what we wanted to uh, mostly talk about. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let me pull up the screenshot. <laughs> this all right. Everybody keeps saying we need to disagree more. Y'all actually might be about to get this shit. Yeah. But hey, that's what's it. That's what it is. So I reposted a video of Auburn's student section doing the swag surf. And um, my caption was just that I missed going to football games every weekend. Because I do. That shit is real fun. It's just like a big ass party all weekend. Like literally... People come in, they start tailgating on Wednesdays is when they open up the tailgate spots. Um, Thursdays and Fridays, everybody's just partying and pre-gaming for Saturday. Saturday, people be hungover as hell, but they still just out here Bruh, trying to get lit. All my experiences in Auburn <laughs> that way. Right. And Sundays, whenever everything calms down. Um, so I miss football season, but I posted the video clip and... Um, our friend, I'm not going to say his name, <laughs> he said that it was culture appropriation at its best and that we needed to discuss it on the podcast. And I said, I don't think so this time because I feel like the swag surf, you know, is for everybody. And, and that's pretty much how all like mainstream music is. And, you know, I was like, now if they all had like cornrows or some shit while doing it, we have a problem, but we can definitely discuss it. And he said, no, I disagree. They're taking hbcu band culture and using it is happening all over the sec and i was like okay i can understand um definitely some things are becoming a little bit more widespread across like pwis that they've seen other bands do i've seen that happen but as far as like the entire student set i didn't feel like it was cultural appropriation because it's it's literally a dance and it's not it's not um it's not like mockery it's not it's it's not done in a way to to make it seem like they're the only ones that have ever done that you know what i'm saying like there's plenty of footage of bands and hbcus doing you know like dance crazes all the time like almost every hbcu is always gonna do some pop culture something every single season so that's why i didn't feel like it was cultural appropriation i really want to know why he feels this way i know there are some things like the the drumline breaks that um a lot of white schools pick up from black bands but this wasn't just like a band thing to me which is why i was like "Eh." but um all right, first, I do think it's appropriation. But the thing is, I don't think appropriation has a negative connotation now mm-hmm. to where you think that is obviously like you're still in somebody's culture or doing it maliciously. Right. So I don't think it's it was malicious, but I think it is an example of appropriation because, all right, when Swag Surf first came out, Oh eight, yeah. By oh eight, 
Yeah. But, like, FLY actually came to Auburn. Right. So, like, it was a thing for a while. It was a hot song. And then it went away. But then at black colleges, it became a thing. Mm-hmm. To where it was like at basketball games, you would see the entire stadium rocking and swaying to Swagser. Mm-hmm. And it became a HBCU thing. And now you're seeing it in, at a lot of PWIs, along with a lot of other things like, like you mentioned, like, uh, like the band showmanship and stuff, mm-hmm. and even the songs that they're playing. Mm-hmm. It's like every SEC school plays uh, "Talking Outside of Your Net" now. <laughs> you didn't see that shit when we were growing up, Mm-mm. and you definitely wouldn't have heard uh, Auburn or Alabama playing "Fuck the Mother Niggas." Definitely not. So who's doing that now? If you listen to, if you play every game, if you like listen, you'll hear it, like a band playing it. I don't get to watch enough football. Every game. So it is appropriation. I don't know if it's. It doesn't necessarily bother me, but I do think. I don't know if it was you or not, but I clicked on the, the video on Facebook and I was reading other comments. And somebody was like, well, it's all up for grabs. No, that's a different stance that I disagree with. I don't think everything that black people do is up for grabs. No. And I do think you have to be aware of where things originated from. And it's just not like, oh, yeah, we all do that. We've all always done that. No. Mm -hmm. You have to be aware of it. Mm -hmm. I don't think you necessarily have to be like, thank you, black people, for giving me swag, (laughs) sir. Thank you. I know all the years of oppression have made um, you a magical people. Because that's just as condescending as if they just fucking outright stole it. Yeah. But I think it's... I think it is a part of cultural appropriation. But... The reason why I didn't think it was is because it's it's it was a literal dance craze. And when, but, it, when it comes to popular crazes, you can't really... You can't control who is going to pick it up. That doesn't that doesn't mean that because you can't control it, there aren't going to people who there aren't going to be people who appropriate it. But to me, to me, I just feel like when it's when it's I can't explain it when it's so popular. I don't know that it's appropriation like. I think appropriation to me is more like seeing a white dude with a do rag on. Like, I mean, that's a part of appropriation, but it's that's more so like the the stereotypical idea of appropriation, like the Kardashians wearing braids and saying, "Oh, they're starting a new trend," right? Shit like that. But I think all those things are. a part of appropriation. I don't think appropriation is necessarily a bad thing either. Yeah. But to uh, make it known where those things originated from. I just didn't feel like they were trying to take it and, and, and be possessive over it. Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily that, but I think it's a, a thing to be aware of. 
It's just like, uh, you know, about Fortnite, the game yeah. and shit. And you know, all the dances that they have. Yeah. They are re- like literally. The dab and shoot. And but they're all renaming those what they things. Are. Yeah. And now Fortnite is such a popular game that is going out to where you see all these like goofy white kids doing the shoot and doing all these other dances that black people have literally created and been doing. And they have renamed them. That that is more so the maliciousness of and I don't think it's necessarily like I don't think it was intentionally malicious, but those are some of the things that where you start literally changing culture from its original place. Right. Because now when you see an NFL player do that dance in the end zone, people are like, oh that's the Fortnite dance. No. That's Black Boy JB's right. dance. He did that shit what two three years ago yeah and then like those are more of the things to where you're like okay you need to be aware of it speaking of which did you see any of the twitter storm about the blacks the blacksonian Mm -mm. all right uh it's a lady named timothy burnside Mm -hmm. i believe that's her timothy ann burnside she is a historian and she works for Smithsonian Institute with the National Black, well, National African American Museum of History and Culture, mm-hmm. which opened, I believe, two years ago in uh, Washington, D.C. So uh, she has helped with the, the hip hop part of it. And uh, somebody just realized that it was a white lady supposedly over the hip hop culture exhibit at the National Black History Museum. Why do I feel like something else like this happened before? Somebody actually might have mentioned it before because she's she's been helping with the Smithsonian since 2005. Okay, I feel like I might have heard a little bit about it then. Like people have raised it, but like over the weekend is when there was a big Twitter storm. And I think the dude was was doing it for clout. Ooh. Was that lightning? Yep. Let me just unplug this right quick. <laughs> <laughs> and also, let me just save this shit right quick also. Yeah. You don't need nothing being destroyed out here. Okay. Um. Alright, so she, uh, She's been helping with them. And the guy who did it, I think he, I think his name was like DJ Chubb or something. He was some no-name dude. Mm-hmm. But it started trending. And so, of course, people start talking about cultural appropriation and some of those things. And a lot of the people who, uh, people called woke Twitter <laughs> or blue check Twitter were oh, defending. Oh, you gotta have a blue check to be woke? Talk about those people like uh, Ninth Wonder. Uh, uh, I don't think Joy and Reed, but people like that, like uh, Rain of April people, who are influencers in uh, the woke community. Allegedly, mm-hmm. they were saying that they were putting on and defending 
a white woman for things that people usually wouldn't offend somebody over. Mm-hmm. And so Ninth Wonder decided he had time today. <laughs> and he was going to go through telling you that, like, like the lady had credentials. She ain't, they didn't just pull some white lady off yeah, the street. I did hear about this. Yeah. So, like, they were going in and it was a, a big divide. And Ninth Wonder was pretty much like, are we really saying that white people didn't contribute to hip hop? And that because somebody is white and not black or Hispanic, that they can't contribute or be a part of the culture, which I totally agree with. Right. And then some of the points he made were, so are we saying Rick Rubin didn't help start the greatest hip hop label of all time and make some of the greatest albums? He literally helped make Run DMC, who Run DMC was, Beastie Boys, Public Enemy. Yeah. Uh, And then down the road, Jay-Z, and then he worked with Johnny Cash and everybody else, like outside of hip hop. Are we saying that the Beastie Boys weren't them dudes? Then, yeah. Adam, uh, wait, Ad Rock from Beastie Boys literally discovered LL Cool J. I didn't know that. Like, because Rick Rubin, like, Def Jam started in Rick Rubin's dorm room at U- NYU. Yeah. So. He was on um, Breakfast Club, I think. What? No, 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 no. Not him. Um, Never mind. I'm getting him confused with somebody else. Uh, uh, he was. It started in NY in his NYU dorm, and Ad Rock and the other members of Beastie Boys used to always be there. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, uh, of course Russell Simmons, who helped started with Rick Rubin, and so people would just send tapes into uh, Rick Rubin trying to get signed. One of those people was a 15-year-old LL Cool J. And because Rick Rubin had so many tapes and he was doing so much other shit, Ad-Rock would just come in and just listen to shit that people sent in. So Ad-Rock got the tape for LL and told Rick Rubin, yo, you need to listen to this kid. LL Cool J becomes first artist signed at Def Jam and the rest is history. Didn't know that. So, white people have played a large role in hip-hop, especially when you get to the executives and other people who literally took a chance on the black art form mm-hmm. from the streets. When black art, when black labels like Motown and stuff didn't want to do it. So, we can't erase white contributions to hip-hop history. And also, we can't just... We literally can't get upset if there is a white person in certain places. Especially if they have credentials. If it's just like, some, if she wasn't knowledgeable about the culture, right. wasn't trying to literally preserve it. Right, if they had just hired her on on a whim. Right. But the other thing is, people just assume that because she was a white woman, that she was just hired on a whim. Yeah. And I'm not saying that she probably didn't have certain doors open because of, that, of being a white woman in hip hop. Mm-hmm. But to make it to where it's legitimately like, why is there a black person there? Yeah. Like, it's it's different. And then also people are very, 
um, wary of a uh, what's the best way to say it approval of white audiences and approval of certain white when you say people do you mean people in general or black people black people in general Okay. have a certain wariness of somebody who is accepted by white culture mm-hmm. and who is accepting of white people in certain places and that can be a problem mm-hmm. because it, it makes it to where it's another form of policing yeah ourselves and then plus the other thing is all right let's just play this if it was a black woman or a black person in that position it's not guaranteed that she would be doing she or he would be doing justice to it yeah it's just like when we were talking about hip-hop history that day most black people don't know that shit yeah it's a lot of shit that i don't know (laughs) so like that's that's another thing where like you can't put black people in a box and assume that they just know all things that are black right and it's even down to like us like it's a certain level of things that we can't discuss from a personal standpoint because we haven't experienced it right we have a certain level of privilege that other people don't have Mm -hmm. and we're both black as fuck right (laughs) and it's not our fault that's another thing is it's not it wasn't how we were raised and who we are is is not our fault (laughs) no and i mean in all honesty it's nobody's fault it's nobody's fault yeah but you just have to be aware of the people who I think all people have to be aware of the pe- of your own privilege and the people who don't the people who look like you who may not have your privilege mm-hmm. or may have more privilege than you you mm-hmm. have to be aware of that mm-hmm. and you can't just negate that and think that it's a it's like, oh but it's fine well, it matters mm-hmm. be aware of it it doesn't it, it's not the end all be all but it definitely matters yeah Damn, that shit got deep as fuck. Yeah, you, I knew, I knew, knew you were gonna have a lot to say about that, but I agree. I, I get, like, I don't know. We gotta quit being like we talk about other people wanting to be mad, but we gotta quit being mad at everything. Yeah, definitely. Like every every little thing is not an attack, or you know, what I'm saying a, oppression. Yeah. So. But I think that's also choosing your battles to where you can get your message across without looking hurt. Right. But also white validation is something that there's something we all have to um, learn how not to buy into or desire. But But it's hard because we're in a white world. Right. Like that's the other thing that people really don't even think about that like when we talk about like white supremacy and things we're also we're also been indoctrinated with white supremacy yeah and so we have to re-educate ourselves on that Mm -hmm. it's not just a white issue it's it's an american issue yeah because american was built on white supremacy and if that makes you offended or whatever, I mean, study history and you can see it. Yeah. And it's not a controversial statement. It's just facts. Right. It just That just and is what it is, you can't, sadly. 
Yeah, you can't get into your feelings about it because, I mean, it just is what it is. Yeah, I mean, and you can be in denial about it, but that doesn't change the shit that we've gone through and the shit that we have to go through because of everything that's happened already. All right, um... Have you been paying attention to any of the Judge Kavanaugh stuff? Mm-mm. Right. I know somebody with that last name. They're Irish. Yeah, I think it is Irish. Yeah, yeah and racist. They're Irish and racist. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> On another episode, we're going to have to discuss the whole thing. <laughs> um, Judge Kavanaugh, who is that and what's going on? Okay, he is the dude that Trump appointed to be Supreme Court Justice. Oh. The one that the lady accused him of trying to rape her when she was Is that was how 17. you say it? I thought it was Kavanaugh. <laughs> I thought it was Kavanaugh. Is spelled K- C-A-V-A-N-A-U-G-H? Yeah. yeah I think it's Kavanaugh. That's dude's last name. Anyway, I know you're talking about though. <laughs> Shout out to that racist Kavanaugh <laughs> dude out there. But uh, okay, so she's gonna testify in front of a judiciary committee, and a lot of people are in their feelings because of that. And also today, another woman came forward and said that he raped her. I'm not surprised. well that he. He sexually her- assaulted her mm-hmm. and attempted to rape her, I, I believe is the correct way of saying it. Um, Not surprised. And it's been a lot of a lot of uh, pointing to the Anita Hill thing that happened when we were both kids. Wait, like, you know about Anita Hill? Mm-mm. Yo, you got studied by Anita Hill. Like, all right, uh, Clarence Thomas, who is on Supreme Court right now, when he was out, all right, let's just go back a little bit. Clarence Thomas, you know whose seat he took when he got nominated? Thurgood Marshall. Okay. So they nominated a black justice who was a conservative to take his seat. Mm-hmm. Who was Clarence Thomas? Mm-hmm. So, there were allegations that Clarence Thomas had been uh, sexually harassing women for years. Mm-hmm. One of those women was Anita Hill, mm-hmm. who had worked with him, I believe, in Oklahoma, like for the Attorney General. Like it was, they worked together, and he was her superior. It sounds familiar. I'm about to Google it. It happened. It happened before we were conscious. Like, we were probably three or four. But Different World had an episode where they talked about it. Also, they talked about sexual harassment. But Anita uh, Anita Hill ended up testifying and saying all the allegations about sexual harassment were true. It was a black woman. Oh, yeah. I remember the story. See, I just be having to put pictures to shit. I don't be knowing shit till I see it. Okay. So... Like, so Anita Hill uh, came forward and, you know, of course, people were saying that she's lying, all this other shit, because that's before sexual harassment was like. And she represented herself in this case. 
Because she was an attorney? She just testified in front of the uh, the committee when they were confirming him. Okay. Also, another important thing about this is who presided over that committee was one Joseph R. Biden. And he was hesitant to allow that to take place. Mm -hmm. And so, pretty much, Clarence Thomas pretty much said that it was, and I quote, a high-tech lynching. I'm I'm reading it right now. But um, it's been a lot of draw, like, pointing back to the way Anita Hill was treated. And going forward, after the Anita Hill thing happened... More women ran for Congress and offices than ever before. Now, this is happening in the Me Too era. Right before midterms. Mm-hmm. Y'all keep fucking with women if y'all want. They'll set this shit all the way fucking off. Keep trying to say that women, like, the whole shit about why didn't she come forward? That's yeah. why I was trending on Twitter. Yeah. If you read some of those stories, you understand why. It's because society is skewed to uh, take not the side women. of men. Yeah. yeah. It's misogyny. It's uh, it's it's just like with racism and everything else. Male privilege is very real. And Especially even, when you have power. And even women are conditioned. Do not trust other women. Well, I would have came forward if I was her. Bullshit. You can probably draw in your lifetime times when you didn't come forward because you didn't feel comfortable saying something. Mm -hmm. So. There's plenty of shit that I'm still not comfortable telling people. Exactly. And then everybody has friends. They have girlfriends. They have wives. They have mothers, aunts, cousins that have stories like that. So these men keep saying all that shit. All right. Women will hold men accountable. And that whole like go back into the kitchen bullshit ain't going to fucking work with this generation. What's going on with Joe Biden though? Why he that just Joe you got to remember Joe Biden was one of the most powerful senators of all time. Yeah. You you literally know where the bodies are buried when you're that powerful mm-hmm. when you're in government for 30 40 years ain't nobody a saint going forward I don't I personally am not voting for anybody over the age of 60 <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel you like uh, if I gotta vote for Bernie over uh, Donald Trump of course I'm gonna vote for Bernie even though I ain't no Bernie bro I definitely know Bernie, bro. Nah. But I'm not voting for Trump. Ugh. But yeah, like, this. Men are showing their asses right now. What is new? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> this is true. What is new? Civilization has shown us that men definitely will show their ass. Except for when it comes to a woman right now. Mm hmm. When, it, when you say that shit about their mom or their daughter, that's then when they want to get all offended. That's when they want to be defensive. Only somebody that's blood related to them. They don't feel the same way about when you say that shit about their wives. Yeah. Unless you directly challenge a man. Yep. And we've talked about that before. Like, men don't actually think about how they've treated women until they have daughters. Right. 
when you see somebody that looks like you having to go through that pain, that's when you realize, oh, I did fuck up. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be all the way honest. It's been things that I've I've been around. Yo, men are fucked up. Yep. And I'm not gonna go in detail about certain shit. But just know that all these things that they're saying about like the whole party culture about Kavanaugh, about just getting shit faced drunk and seeing shit that happens, yeah. You can try to tune it out if you want. But you know, you know people that's crossed the fucking line. Yeah, this shit is real. So we gotta quit acting like this ain't about politics anymore. This is about right or wrong. Exactly. Like, stop protecting men. And they won't protect you. Right. Like, like, it, it makes me mad. And it makes me mad that I had to unlearn so much fucking bullshit that when I'm talking to another man about some things, I'm just like, dude, you fucking cave dweller. <laughs> like, what the fuck, bro? And I'm not perfect. And I, I definitely know that. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying. Mm-hmm. That's more than... I got a long way to go, but fuck it. Yeah. You, you got to help your people along the way, though. Because they need it. Yeah. And shout out to all those pussy-ass dudes who want to say that you're just doing this shit for girls to like you and shit. Bull fucking shit. Right. It ain't nothing that gr- I could do that girls will like me. <laughs> Now that was depressing as hell. <laughs> Six sad world. <laughs> oh my god. No, but for real, like, I'm just doing this shit because I'm tired of bullshit. Because it's right. I mean, it's 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 time to call a spade a spade, right from wrong. Like we all know what's right and what's wrong for the most part. Right. And it's just something about like reading those trending topics. It was just something about the idea of how many fucking people. Both men and women, which shout out to the men who are finally speaking out about being victims of sexual abuse mm-hmm. at the hands of other men or at the hands of women mm-hmm. and speaking out against that and feeling comfortable to tell their truth. That's the only way that people are going to realize. Like when you realize that when men are able to finally reflect on the times they've been victimized and they didn't feel comfortable coming forward. That's that's another way you're going to get empathy from people. And then when you see like dudes like Terry Crews come forward talking about times he was victimized, mm-hmm. and you know you can't whoop that motherfucker's ass. Right. <laughs> like it's going to take it's going to take shit like that. So you got it. It's all hands on deck at this point. Yeah. And if people are held accountable and I, I have no sympathy for people who are like, so you think something you did a long time ago you should be held accountable for? Yeah. yeah, if it was never addressed at that time. Right. Hell yeah. At the very least, admit to whatever you're accused of and then go for it. If your whole life is ruined at that point. That's the way it works. That's shit. Charge it to the game. <laughs> I, know, I know I'm a heathen, but was done in the dark comes to the light yeah this is also true comes to the light comes to the light everything <laughs> can just be flexing these vocals 
Like, Those yeah, were not yeah. even real. That was. Oh shit! But yeah, we just had a brief, uh, deep discussion. <laughs> um, we went down memory lane. But yeah, one of my pet peeves is when people talk shit about. It's very hypocritical because I definitely deal with other people. But when motherfuckers challenge me on music, be like, oh, I got time today. Yep. It's like, yo, bro, who the fuck you think you talking to? That's how I feel when people try to talk shit or talk down to me about like photography or any kind of art or Yeah, like bro. Or makeup. I'm like, first of all. (laughs) Nigga, I don't think you know. First of all, your mascara ain't not playing. <laughs> it's like, bruh, it's like the ultimate, like, we are some black hipsters. So you like, bruh, I was doing this shit before it was cool. Okay. <laughs> Literally. Nigga, do you know how many hours I spent in the dark room developing <laughs> shit, bruh? Uh, burning and dodging, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, I remember I made five different contact sheets <laughs> for one roll of film once. Shout out to everybody who knows what burning and dodging is. Those are real artists. Real niggas. (laughs) Worldwide. (laughs) But, so, what else can we talk about? I was going to talk about this whole Kanye thing, being upset, like, with Nick Cannon and Drake about um, them, or Nick Cannon specifically speaking up on, you know, sleeping with Kim and how he... How he was just upset about it and upset enough to um, publicly express his feelings about it. Um, so I think I'm on the fence. Me too. Like on one hand, I get it. It's your wife. No one needs to. There's there's no reason for anyone to talk about them having any kind of relations with your wife before she was your wife. I get it. But at the same time, if someone's being interviewed, you can't control what they're going to say or how, you know what I'm saying? Especially if they're just telling the truth. Right. Um, did Nick Cannon have to drop Kim's name? No, since she's a married woman, he didn't have to. But I mean, he wasn't lying, and he didn't, he didn't call Kim out of her name. He didn't, you know, what I'm saying he didn't disrespect her as a woman. Right. Um. But another thing about that too is they got she got a whole sex tape with Ray J. Right. So if you're gonna be mad at Nick for just saying like I slept with her, are you keeping the same energy for Ray J? Like, were you? Are you? Like. <laughs> Choose your battles, bro. This is this is the least of your worries, honestly. Yeah. Also, Ray J literally made a song called I Hit I First. Hit. <laughs> and that song was jamming too. Like, I hate Ray J, but that shit was dope. Keep I that's it, all I I'm saying it, is I keep that it, same energy. Like if I you didn't it, jump I down Ray J's throat, <laughs> then leave these other niggas alone. All these other Nick just said yes, basically. Like And he also did it like 
Yo, on another note, DJ Vlad be setting niggas up left yeah, and right. I mean, <laughs> that's how you know a good interviewer when you see him. But Nick Cannon actually handled that pretty respectful compared to, like, the questions DJ Vlad was asking. Right. Like, all he said was, to his knowledge, that she hadn't had any work done then. And he also said he thought she was beautiful then. Yeah. And it wasn't even... Shit. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Damn. Um, damn. And he wasn't even like. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, it's rated, rated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is weather, weather. Um, it wasn't even like that was like the first name that he 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 called. Like it was like, oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? It was yeah. like a, oh yeah, I forgot. Like I smashed this other girl who's pretty famous now, but. You know, right. it wasn't Especially like he like, was just trying to name drop to get more clout or to, to get more relevancy. I think Kanye did the thing where he was like, I got time today. God damn. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> kind of want to go look at the weather right quick. Kanye got too much time, though. He, but, he just out here reacting. But, you know, like... He's doing the whole rebranding thing where uh, it's like, uh, and then did you see the little sneak peek of like his album? Mm-hmm. How do you? What are you? What are your thoughts? Um, it, where it basically looked like an iMessage thread, and it was just like the album cover. And yeah, I'm just. It says September though, didn't it? Yeah, it's probably. But this you know, week, and you know, he's also coming out with an album with uh, Chance. The rapper, good ass job. Which, if you're a real Kanye stan, you know that was the original name for what Kanye's fourth album was gonna be. Okay. Before his mom died, and 808s and Heartbreak came out from that. Good ass job was supposed to be the, I guess the finale of the whole college series mm-hmm. after graduation. Because you know, after graduation, you get that good ass job mm-hmm. allegedly. Because I haven't found that good ass job. <laughs> but I've been told that it exists. But uh, yeah, he's doing that. He moved back to Chicago. Yo, anything with Chance, I'm here for. Honestly, Chance has done no wrong so far for me. It's just uh, at this point, man, I'll never feel the same way about Kanye as I did at one point. No, you just let it go. I just shake it off to not, and I'm a grown ass man. I've now. let that go. I feel like there has to be some time and like a redeeming body of work for me to be like Kanye's back. But right now, I'm just like, well. All right, this is what I've been thinking about lately. At one point in my life, if I ever met Kanye West, I would have cried, like snotted, <laughs> like. Like balling, did the Michael Jackson balling, like, oh my god, it's Kanye. Collapse down to your knees, type shit. Do you think if you met Kanye, would you still fan the fuck out? Hell yeah. That's the other thing. Like at the end of the day, this like, is still even though the nigga get on my nerves, I would still be shook as hell. Like bro, when college dropout came out, he changed my life. When you start wearing the pink polos, nigga. <laughs> I'd be like, nigga, Ada wakes in heartbreak, though. This is how bad of a Kanye stand I am. I still want to Louis Vuitton book back. <laughs> like, that's like the ultimate, like, 
if I ever get real money, if I get money, 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 money. <laughs> I'm getting a Louis Vuitton bag. Damn, he was like, ugh, I just I don't want to talk. He was, he was a trendsetter, like heavy. But like the other thing is, what other rapper has set trends like Kanye though, of our time? Think about Lil it. Lil Wayne probably there's only one close. Okay. The whole tatted up. Okay. Dreadlocks. Dreads and tats. Okay. Who else though? I think Kanye's. I was gonna say Diddy, but eh. mm. nah. Not even Hove. No. He had the same like New York swag that other New York niggas had. Mm-hmm. Kanye's the most influential artist of the 21st century, definitely. Like in all music and everything, even pop music sounds like Kanye now. Kanye is the one who had like a full vision. Like there, there are artists who have visions, and then there are artists who have like full, like completely robust. Just. But you know what? The other thing is, we have to realize that one day when we look back, we will still acknowledge his greatness. Oh yeah. And we will forget about all this bullshit. I mean. Some of this bullshit. Not we'll, all talk, of we'll talk about like remember the time It'll Kanye be footnotes. was going through shit, and like, we, we were sad. <laughs> I think also he realized how bad that slavery and MAGA hat thing was. He did. I mean, he apologized. That's why he apologized. But I don't think he really understood until that moment. And he was like, "Oh, I fucked up." Yeah. Like for real, for real. I really am curious about like how Kim reacts to all of this. Like if she ever is the one to get in his ass about some of the comments he makes and how he reacts to things or is it I think she has to be. Is it is it actual like the comments that make him like, Okay, well shit you know, or other people in media like Charlemagne and you know I think she's the only one that actually but does she have sense enough to be able to tell? Like, is she woke enough right now to be able to tell him, like, Kanye? I think her, I think her brand awareness is so peak. Like, say what you will about her. Her brand awareness and the whole uh, vision of Chris Jenner, their brand awareness is on another level she to where that, they have to know. She got that Chris Jenner training. They definitely yeah. have. That's, that's, that's what I think really shakes me is, like, how are you married into this Jenner Kardashian brand and you are out here reckless in the media? Because they have all the media training. But it's also because, I mean, you ain't going to tell... You ain't going to tell Kanye what the fuck Kanye going to do. He has enough... He a bad Under bitch. his... The, the baddest bitch. <laughs> like, the ultimate bad bitch. Like... I strive to be the level of bad bitch that Kanye is. Still. Like, but he has so many things that you could literally point to that he's influenced. You can't tell him what the fuck to do. Yeah. And he's going to remind you, who the fuck are you? That's true. This nigga literally had an album called Yeezus and said on the track, I am a god featuring God. Not just an <laughs> album. That's the name of his clothing line and his shoes. Bro. Like, you are not going to tell Kanye West what to do. Yeah. And we have to accept that because that's what we liked for so long when he was saying the shit we agreed with. He's still the same person. I can't believe he's 40. 
Yeah. That but still blows my mind. The thing that scares me, though, is just his whole mental, like, it's sad. I think he will hopefully he'll do what he needs to do as a person of a certain um certain um stature and it'll it'll all even itself out because what I've learned or what I've read is that typically people with any kind of like mental um instability it it kind of levels out once they get a little bit older like mid 40s early 50s so hopefully like if if nothing else crazy happens to him in the media and you know I'm saying like fame doesn't overwhelm him overwhelm him and he just continues to focus on what he needs to focus on that he can get through the next 10 years and be okay (laughs) that's what i'm hoping i am not a medical official (laughs) that nigga need meds he keeps saying he ain't on meds he's doing the therapy he's doing he's doing therapy and i he'll need he'll need meds for the rest of his life but he won't be as dependent on them but he's not using them yeah and he's acknowledging he's not using them and then he's saying a thing about him, like talking about the TMZ thing. He was manic. Yeah, everybody that fucking knows anything knew he was manic. He out here. He acknowledging a, it. A it whole is, ass Ian Gallagher moment, bro. <laughs> the ultimate. Like, diagnosed and not giving a fuck. Like just reckless. And it's like, yo, bro. And I don't think he actually like. I don't think he understood people actually care about. Him. Yeah. And. Fuck it, I don't give a fuck. Ain't nobody gonna whoop me for saying this. I yeah, I care a lot about Kanye West. If I wonder that makes if me a sucker. Fuck it. Yeah, I wonder if um, if like him being diagnosed or whatever has made Kim more distant or closer. You know, they've said things that like he's moving to Chicago and she's not moving to Chicago. Mm. Is he only moving for this project with Chance? He said he's buying a house for good, which I don't know. He's got enough money. Why wouldn't he have a house in Chicago? I would just think that you would want to have a house where you literally grew up. I don't ever see Kim dwelling in Chicago. Kim is going to be in L.A. for the rest of her life. She grew up there. I mean, to a certain degree, I kind of understand why if you got money and your whole family's lived in somewhere for over 100 years. And especially with all the statistics of Chicago, like you don't want to take your kids out there. They got a new baby. But the baby's name is Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> like Catch twenty two, bitch. But Yeah, that's uh And then plus they'll be in the rich area of Chicago. They'll I mean be, they'll be in a good area, but they're still They'll be in like the Ferris Bueller uh <laughs> breakfast club part of Chicago. And yes, nigga, that did all take place in Chicago. Right, I get that. But I'm <laughs> thinking like how Kim is thinking. Oh, I was just talking to the people who were like, damn, that shit did all take place in Chicago. Yeah. And home alone. Yeah. Ooh. 
That big ass nice house that Kevin McAllister was destroying. You know how bad his parents would have been? All by himself at nine years old. Bro, you know how bad your parents would be if they came home to their like $10 million home? First of all, what the fuck were his parents doing? That's what I need to know. You know, there's there's an internet theory that Kevin McAllister was like a drug dealer. I was going to say, like, he was out here Moving real away. deal kingpin on some shit. That is weird. They never discussed what his parents did. Never. Neither one of them. That's like... And they had all them damn kids. Yes. And then his uncle Frank was supposed to be a bum with all them kids. And they going to Paris and shit. Uh, Paris. Oh, they vacation. Whole vacation. family. <laughs> Whole family. Not just immediate, but all of them. Yeah. That shit was wild. But yeah, Kanye Lord. I just... I just. What's your favorite John Hughes movie? Who I don't know John Hughes. He did Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles, Breakfast oh, Club, Home okay. Alone, Uncle Buck, and something else I'm forgetting. Oh, Saint Elmo's Fire. Okay, so out of those, I've seen Sixteen Candles, Uncle Buck, Home Alone. That's it. Probably Home Alone. I like Sixteen Candles, but Home Alone was used to be my jam. Paint. You haven't seen Pretty in Paint? Mm-mm. Is that another Molly Ringwald? Mm-hmm. That's the one where, uh... yeah, that's the one with her and uh, and Ducky. Nope. And you've never seen Breakfast Club? Oh yeah, I've seen Breakfast Club. Oh, Whew. I was like, damn. Yeah, I've seen Breakfast Club. Um. Let me Google Pretty in Pink just to make sure. Hey, smoke up, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I like Breakfast Club, but I like 16 Candles better. Wait, Paris Bueller's Day Off is also, I think, a John Hughes movie. It feels like it. I think it is because they all take place in the same universe and it's like a suburb of Chicago. Nah, I ain't seen Pretty in Pink. You can watch it on YouTube for two ninety nine. YouTube is doing a lot out here. Mm-hmm. Pretty in Pink has uh, John Cryer from uh, what's his name? Two and a Half Men, the Charlie Sheen's brother. Mm-hmm. He plays Ducky. These hairstyles, I tell you, that is a widow's peak if I ever seen one. Yo, Molly Ringwald was a bad bitch, also. She it still is. is. Redheads, I redheads are amazing. They got they got the code, bro. It's just something different. You know what's also weird? Vibrant red hair. I've also seen that black people have an appreciation for redheaded individuals. I love redheads. I want redheaded children. Like I Mm -hmm. think I literally pray to God every day that Mm -hmm. that one of my kids be red. If somebody (laughs) can allow me to listen to this podcast (laughs) with them, I just want to know, like. Send us like your reactions to what Kim just said. <laughs> I just want to see if it was the same reaction I just had. I've always loved red. Red hair is just really pretty. Like it's it the it's just vibrant. Red hair is gorgeous, and I've seen the cutest little black redhead kids. And honestly, like I can have a redheaded baby if I go black or white with my husband. So, you know. It's possible. Nigga, who you know in your family got red hair? <laughs> Nobody, but ask a red headed black person who they know that in their family they got red hair. 
My brother can point out niggas that have red hair. They can't trace it back. To other niggas he can't. I mean, it'll take a little bit. That shit Mm-mm. skips a skips a skips a generation. Bro, they changed my ancestry uh DNA shit. I saw that. So you're fifteen percent what? Irish? <laughs> yeah. That's that doesn't mean white though. It could have been some Once again, <laughs> if you can share like your reactions <laughs> to the shit that Kim says on this episode, please send them to me. I mean, okay, so fifteen percent. Okay. So that means Because your mom it would have been fifty, grandparent it would have been twenty five. A great grandparent. Great grand. Was white. Yeah, it wasn't no great it wasn't no black people in Ireland back then. <laughs> That's why I'm like I had to, I had to think about it. I had to do the math. <laughs> Let me show you a picture of who I think. Nowadays, though, there can be black Irish people, but oh yeah, because a lot of Jamaicans and Africans right there, Af- right in like the fifties, right. Let me show you a picture of the dude that I think is the cause of all this shit. You got another beer? Yeah. Get one. Do I got another beer? <laughs> um, what's his name? Yeah. But yeah. Redheads. And I trace this shit back to Ireland and Scotland too. So this, I think, is the nigga that did the shit. <laughs> if there's any redheads out here that's trying to make a baby, let me know. You can't use this podcast as like a way. <laughs> To get your uh <laughs> your DMs up. Slide in the DMs if you got red hair. Wow, that's your grandpa? My third great grandfather. Ew. Who is apparently a creep. It looked like it. That nigga looked like my daddy. You know, he probably got scared. a lot of black Grinch earrings. Yeah. That's what it looked like. So in heaven or hell, which I'm assuming hell, mm-hmm. Ephraim Woods, fuck you nigga. Ephraim? I know he got a biblical name too, but fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> Bless it. But yeah, they changed my ancestry shit. I straight thought I was forty, like three percent gone in. That's a mind fuck though. Yeah. Like damn. Like I had a nigga looking up tribes and shit. Okay, out here buying mm-hmm. cloths and whatnot. Nigga, I bought a flag. <laughs> and then these niggas. So shit. what? Okay, so. If they were able to do that, that means that they re-ran your, yeah, your um, that's DNA. A scary, that's the scary part of it. So they have a a more accurate test screening. Okay. Like, so then, what if like five years later they rerun it again and you end up being finding yeah. out that they probably will. That's just so because crazy. it's people that took like uh, ancestry tests like ten years ago, and now. Like they're like, yeah, these are different. But also they're getting better now. Like it's some people they can narrow it down to like the town and countries that like their people are from. Mostly European people, but but yeah. You know, it's kinda scary that somebody has my DNA. Yeah. But at the end of the day, fuck it. I'm already my fingerprints are in the system and everything else. Because you got to get that shit done to be a teacher. In which I ain't no teacher, but I thought I was going to be one. Mm, bless.
Um. Okay. Also, we gotta uh, bring the full force. Okay. Okay. Last week we talked about we were gonna start a bad advice segment. Yes. And let me tell you how God works, my brothers and sisters. <laughs> so, of course, we asked for questions and stuff. And Akeem sent me a laundry list of completely crazy ass questions that I had to edit out. So the universe was literally just. <laughs> so by the time I got off, he had, uh, I mean, not off. By the time I got home, he had sent me something saying, yeah, I had started to send y'all something, but I didn't know if y'all were going to, y'all would play it or not. I was like, send it to me. So he emailed it to me. I'm going to, I'm about to play this for y'all. Um, so Akeem uh, seems to be on the same mind state as us right now. <laughs> A little different, but on the same mind state. <laughs> so Akeem sent us some words of advice and he wants to give y'all some advice. So originally we were just going to give our bad advice. Some weeks we may give our bad advice, but for our inaugural bad advice segment, we're going to go to everybody's favorite guest. Sorry, Terrell. And also, sorry, Corey. <laughs> but Akeem is... Crowd a favorite. Fan, a fan favorite. So we're going to uh, let you listen to words of advice from Mr. Akeem Norwood. Hello to all my fellow suburbaners. Um, it's been a while. I hope everybody is doing well. Kim, I hope you stop uh, giving these men a hard time. Stop being hard-headed. Just choose some damn body. God damn. Juice. What up, baby? I just want to uh, stop by and, uh, first of all, thank the, uh, cast of the suburban podcast for allowing me to bless y'all with this message today i just want to come and uh inspire some of the players out there both young and old um you know it, in, in 2018 it's kind of hard to distinguish the age of some of these young women out there today some women look like they're uh, 25 and they're really, you know, 16, 14. However, they're very, very attractive. And you shouldn't be ashamed if you looked at somebody and you thought they was one age and they wasn't. That don't make you a weirdo. What does make you a weirdo is if you knowingly get with a 13, 14 16-year-old and you're 30, 40, 50, have old. So this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. I don't want you to run away. Your eyes are just deceiving you. I don't want you to run away from that now. So I want you to do. I want you to go to your local uh, uh, dollar store, uh, Walmart, 
Kroger, whatever you got, you know, I want you to go in there, take you about $40, make sure you load up on coupons. I want you to back your car up or truck. We're going to fill your trunk up with uh, noodles, going to fill your trunk up with bread and peanut butter, and we're going to fill your uh, trunk up with juice. Don't get the good. Don't get the good juice now. It costs too much. Get the cheap juice. Get the juice that don't have no label on the side of it. It just say drink. Get that fruit flavored drink. That's what you want. We're gonna go to your local community college. I want you to back that same car or truck up to the girls' dorm. I want you to open that trunk. Now, that $40 might not be nothing to me to you, but it's everything to them. You will be a hero. You'll be a hero. You get to go and see and meet a ton of young, vibrant, energetic, desperate young women and a good meal, a good meal every night from you can go a long way in you fulfilling whatever weird desire you have because she's of age. She's of age. She's at least 18, right? She is at least 18. And you, she, sometimes you, she's probably far away from home. She's probably far away from home. She could be from the West Coast. She could be from Florida. She could be from New York, anywhere. So you backing that trunk up every week with juice and noodles and cereal. You are are her trusted friend. She trusts you. She trusts you not to steal her wrong. You're still a grown woman now. Kim, I don't want you to be disgusted at what I'm saying. This is real. This is a grown woman. She's just taking hands. I I mean, that's saving you about a hundred dollars because the going rate uh for for exchanges of services between a grown woman and a grown man is about a hundred and fifty dollars right this is about a hundred and fifty dollars but you don't want no old woe out woman who done been through a couple of times who's constantly selling herself you go get your young woman that you're attracted to she's still in shape she don't have that many stretch marks she don't have that many stretch marks. You know what I'm saying? And, and she trusts you. She trusts you. Y'all have a good thing going. Right? But let me give you something. This is the most important part now. You only want to do this at your at the community college. Or at or at your local state college or a black school. Because the big schools usually that mean they folks can afford to send them there. So you want desperate, attractive young women who are looking for a, uh, a trusted hand to feed them. A trusted hand to feed them. That's been my advice for this week. Y'all have a wonderful day. And thanks for tuning in to the Suburban Podcast. Thank you.
tell you, I was dead as fuck to that psycho. <laughs> um, first of all, I just want to know what he's talking about. I need to just choose some damn body. Several people have mentioned that, Kimberly. Ooh. We ain't going to name no names. We're just going to say Uncle Akeem is the one that said other than the king, who was out here telling me to just choose it, some damn body? It might be the fan consensus. Uh, y'all, if I could just choose somebody, I would choose a motherfucker that I'm interested in, but they not choosing me back. So shit. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm going through the exact same thing. I'm literally trying to go through a handful of people that I'm interested in. I'm literally going through the exact same thing. None of them are. Um, Cheers <laughs> to the lonely hearts. <laughs> none of them are returning my interest. So it's one that I see for hours every fucking week. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I guess they ain't choosing. I cannot <laughs> escape. Mm-mm-mm. But yeah, Akeem's uh, trusted advice was something else. That might set the bar pretty fucking high. That tiptoes that uh, uh, very. Okay, so when people submit, are we wanting them to submit audio? Based on how that was decent quality audio. audio. Hell yeah, it was. Kudos, so, Akeem, whatever you recorded that on or wherever you recorded, it was I'm supreme. Ask, I'm going to ask him what he recorded it on. You can submit audio. Email it to uh, Suburban, suburban? <laughs> Potworks. I, this beer is a little stronger than I thought it was. <laughs> SuburbanPotworks at gmail.com or if you hit us up, if you hit me up DM, I'm, I'll send you my email address. Kim's DMs are only reserved for one thing. Yes. That is <laughs> serious redheaded inqu- children. Serious inquiries only. <laughs> if you ain't got no fucking Irish or Scottish blood, don't fucking... Hey, yo, speaking of that, I know a nigga that got us Irish and Scottish blood who may be able to make red hair. Ooh. Is he black? Uh, you're looking at him. We just discussed it. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck out. I'll let you boy. <laughs> Get the fuck out. I wonder if anybody has ever made red hair though on like a regular brown skin tone. I've only seen redheaded babies be fair skin. How brown red-headed, are we talking? Redheaded black baby. Like me brown. Like have you seen You know that nigga on five heartbeats red? That's the closest. <laughs> That is the closest. He wasn't a true red, though. Um, my mom has reddish hair. Does she? It's like reddish brown. Like she a has... sandy. Yeah, my mama got sandy hair, too. It's probably as close to... You ain't gonna get that Lucille Ball red. Yeah. Or that uh, Christina uh, Hendrix red. That's what I want. A little freckle face red head. Those are not African traits, Kimberly. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. African Americans can have freckles and fair skin. Yeah. 
All that shit's a luck of a draw, though. Yeah, we'll see. Y'all just pray about it. I want y'all all to touch and agree on one specific <laughs> prayer that this shit happens and we get a suburban wedding because that should be dope oh, as fuck. Oh my god, suburban wedding! Wow, twenty nineteen. Wow, let's make that shit happen. Wow, because we ain't getting no younger. Wow, we might as well do it. Wow. Also, based on Akeem's uh, tragic advice. Uh, discussion could possibly go to what's going on with one Aubrey Drake Graham. Mm. How do you... All right. Before I listened to the last episode of The Read, mm-hmm. I had a different... I was kind of like, yeah, man, this, not, this shit's not sick. Now I'm kind of like, I'm kind of where... They are where it's like, yo, you all watch. Something feels weird. I don't think it... He's on watch. Yeah. He's on watch. Because, <laughs> like, the the Millie Brown thing, that's... I think that may be an actual mentorship. Yeah. Because he was a child actor. We mm-hmm. have to remember that. Yeah. And he may just be a supportive uh, figure. Mm-hmm. The other thing he was accused of, of hooking up with uh, Jimmy Jam's uh, daughter. Bella Harris. Yeah. As a music nerd, I'm only going to know where it's Jimmy Jam's yeah. daughter. Um, but yeah, that's a little more. Everyone says that they're just friends. and But I'm like, you don't, you don't, reserve an entire restaurant on a just friendship situation. But here's the thing. If you're Drake, you probably would. Then you would just have them at your house. But you know, like he, when he was hanging out with Kylie and Kendall, for one of their birthdays, he rented out a restaurant. He had like Kanye. Well, that's what other people were there. This was a one-on-one. And you know she was probably drinking because shit, when you rent out a fucking restaurant, you do what the fuck you want to do. I mean, 18 is the consensual age. Yeah, but, but the, it's the just idea that he may have been talking to her before, which is grooming, which should put red flags to anybody. But I mean, fuck, Tiger did the same shit. Yeah, but Tiger was out here wilding. But here's like the other thing is. Drake and Tiger and two different type of niggas. I just don't want Drake to end up being a nigga that we hear about in like five years that has just been out here with all these young girls. Yeah, that shit would definitely blow. But you know, also... Like, because oh. all we know is Drake loves and respects women. So this kind of shit is just like, what? And the other thing is like where people like where... I think, is it Miley or Millie Brown? The girl from Stranger Things. Millie. Millie, okay. She came out, she was pretty much saying, yo, you people are sick. Yeah, but the world's sick. And we have to be aware of things to where if our flags go off, uh, we've learned enough. Yeah. Now, because she's 13, 14 years old, she may not have learned as much as we have from Mm -hmm. some of our pop culture figures that this shit can come back to bite us in our ass. So we're going to, our antennas are up. 
Yeah, you just I don't. I I understand like a mentorship, but at the same time, it's a thin line. Someone of that age, you need to be talking to their parents, or right. you know, like. But also, her older brother handles her social media, so he was the one that like reached out or Drake what? was in contact with her older brother. Okay. So that's how it started. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's still definitely <laughs> All right. Uh, All I can say is we going to see. <laughs> So, thank you guys for tuning in today to Suburban Pod. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Curvy Brown Girl. And you can find me at a kid named Juice. Some of our music today was provided by our good friend Corey Battle. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJC Battle. New episodes available every Thursday.